Welcome to this week's Open View podcast, where you can hear this week's news on the wheat, malting barley, oilseed rape and pulses markets, and also find out their latest prices. Starting with this week's wheat headlines, Turkey and the UN push for reinstatement of the Black Sea Grain Initiative, Russian attacks on Danube port facilities intensify, and with the USDA report highlights. The wheat market remains on the defensive with CBOT wheat futures at their lowest level since December 2020. Managed funds increased their short positions on CBOT wheat and maize with the lack of demand narrative holding sway. The Black Sea Grain Initiative, the Grain Corridor, remains at an impasse despite efforts by Turkey and the UN to resurrect the deal, both of whom are encouraging the West, i.e. the US and the EU, to soften their stance on sanctions which Ukraine are against. Russian attacks on Danube port facilities have intensified with the aim of disrupting the flow of grain via alternative routes. The Ukrainian Deputy Prime Minister reported that over a 100 port infrastructure facilities had been damaged or partially destroyed by Russian attacks since July 18, 2023. There are reports that the Russian Navy has increased security in the Kerch Strait, fearing a fresh attack on the Kerch Bridge, which would disrupt exports from the key port of Kavkaz. Poland have repeated their intention to extend their ban on Ukrainian imports other than for transit to an end destination after the 15th of September deadline, which could be followed by other EU neighbouring states. Plans to increase Ukrainian exports through the Romanian port of Constanza were again discussed but would require better road and port infrastructure, which could take 36 months to complete, and it's still not clear who's going to pick up the bill. Another USDA report is now behind us, which was the usual rearranging of the deck chairs without springing any real surprises. Downward revisions to EU, Australian, Argentine, Canadian and UK production, offset partly by another increase in Ukraine, were the main elements, which resulted in an overall reduction in global ending stocks of 7 million metric tonnes, with exporter stocks the lowest since 2007. They left Russian production unchanged, much to the chagrin of analysts who are 5 to 7 million tonnes higher and who are still crying foul that last year's Russian crop was understated. The USDA consistently stated that last season's Russian crop size and yield was unfeasible and they appear to be taking a similar stance this year until proven otherwise. Only time will tell. They again ignored calls for a reduction in the Indian crop, which would necessitate them importing between 5 and 9 million metric tonnes. Overall, the report was supportive of wheat. As expected, the USDA reduced the US maize yield, albeit it was above analyst expectations, and offset that by an increase in area of 800k acres. There are likely to be further yield reductions as the combines get rolling. Brazilian maize production was raised another 2 million metric tonnes by the USDA and is now 6 million tonnes higher than Conab, a public company linked to the Brazilian Ministry of Agriculture. Chinese production of wheat and maize was left unchanged, despite the heavy rains that caused widespread flooding, particularly in the maize areas. Chinese maize imports were increased by 500k, whilst their wheat imports were reduced by 1 million tonnes, which was surprising given that a large area of their wheat was downgraded to feed due to rain and an expectation that milling wheat imports would be increased. 
Wheat prices have bounced post the USDA report, although it remains to be seen if the men in suits, the fund managers, are ready to throw in the towel on their short wheat and maize positions unless their lack of demand and there's plenty of everything everywhere mantras are changed. On to malting barley. This week's headlines, the markets are very slow, quality continues to be a challenge and malt demand needs to recover going forward. The malting barley trade has been very slow this week. The infrequent maltster and export inquiries have reduced and the farmer has shut the barn doors and turned their focus to getting on with fieldwork. Pre-Christmas, there is no maltster buying requirement today. The higher carryover stock from last harvest and the historic high malting barley premiums for the October to December period have kept new sales difficult to find. The main question in Europe remains around the outcome of the spring barley supply, with Northern Europe experiencing quality and yield issues. The French and Southern England crops do offer some stability and export demand is expected to remain high, which creates a very tight supply and demand situation. The final UK crop quality is still to be assessed. Any crops still in the field today in England will not make malting quality ending up in the feed market. Scotland has progressed well over the past week with the better weather helping. About 75% of the crop is now harvested across all areas, but there's still more to be done in Aberdeenshire. Barley specification has been reviewed and maltsters are taking up to 1.75% nitrogen and other parameters are being widened. The more recently harvested crops have slightly improved in quality, which has provided more confidence that the tonnage is there. Malt demand from the brewers is slow going into the calendar year 2024, but at some point in the next couple of months this will change as they start to cover their requirements. There is still plenty of barley to market and deliver between now and June next year, and the maltsters still need to price this. When this demand comes, it will be interesting to see how much confidence the market has to sell malting barley forward, especially with the quality concerns that there are. Lack of demand is keeping malting barley prices slightly down over the week as the market drifts with nothing giving it direction. Demand could be the direction it needs. And this week's oilseed rape headlines, US soybean downgrades, crude oil at 10-month highs and palm oil plummets. Matif rapeseed continues to drift, losing nearly €30 in just four trading days. This week's condition ratings for U.S. soybeans were down another 1%, with 52% of the crop rated as good to excellent. This is the worst rating for soybeans at this time of year since 2013 and shows the adverse effect of dry weather stressing the crop through development. Following this, the market's attention was on the monthly WASDE report, which was on Tuesday, with expectations for lower U.S. soybean yields. The report projected a U.S. soybean harvest of 4.146 billion bushels, down from 4.205 last month, and an average yield of 50.1 bushels an acre, down from 50.9. This was a smaller downgrade than traders expected, but will push domestic supplies down to their lowest in eight years. Brent crude oil is currently trading at a 10-month high, supported by a tighter supply outlook and strong demand for the rest of 2023. 
The International Energy Agency, the IEA, have commented that Saudi Arabia and Russia's extension of output cuts means there's a substantial deficit through the fourth quarter and although there's a lack of cuts at the start of 2024, stocks will be at uncomfortably low levels. Palm oil prices have plummeted with a seven-day losing streak following data that showed Malaysia's palm oil stocks rose to their highest in seven months at the end of August, along with exports falling sharply. On Monday, data from the Malaysian Palm Oil Board, the MPOB, showed inventories to jump 22.5%, which was much higher than the 9.23% growth expected, and exports fell 9.78%, also worse than market estimates of a 1.77% drop. This has added huge pressure to palm oil prices and weighed on rival oils. Finally, the grain and oilseed price indicator, starting with feed wheat for October at £174, November 175, feed barley for October 159, November 160, and oilseed rate for October 345 to 350, and November 350 to 355. Thanks for listening. To find out more or to get our OpenView email, please speak to your regular OpenField contact or email us at communications at openfield.co.uk.